and welcome to Further Every Day, the podcast where we explore current events through the lens of the Christian worldview. But as many lenses have a prismatic effect, we will be looking at this issue today through the chairs of Christianity, as we call them, just spheres of influence that the Christian worldview should have on our daily lives. To my right, I have Josh. How are you this morning, sir? I'm doing good. Fine, sir. How about yourself? Doing well, doing well. And I'm honored to have you in the chair of... Theology. Glad to have you. So, to his right, I have Jennifer. How are you? Good. I am good. Good week? Yeah. Overall. Excellent. And today we have you sitting in the chair of? Let's go philosophy. Very good. Now, to her right, to my left, around the room here, we got Mr. Steve. How are you, sir? I am doing excellent, John Arthur. Glad to have you in the chair of culture today, sir. Yes, sir. And uh, yours truly, I'll be sitting in the chair of politics and economics, warming both until we get uh, someone else in here. We'll see, to be determined. Dealing with the uh, political nature, because this has become political, and it will become interesting in the future. But then there's also the value, the value of uh, what we have in Christ and the value of you as a person. And I want to be careful not to get too trite with that. But there is something to be looking at here. Okay, first off, if you've read the title of the podcast, you know that we are getting letters and emails already. We are talking about body dysmorphic disorder, okay? We're going to get all sorts of flack, uh, hopefully not. But before we start, let's go ahead and define terms. Because I, I feel like body dysmorphia kind of gets a poor treatment. In the, in the culture due to lack of proper, proper di definition. So by, uh, this is from Johns Hopkins Medical, uh, uh, or medicine.org rather. This is a article in the description below. What is body dysmorphic disorder? Body dysmorphic disorder is a mental health problem. If you have BDD, you may be so upset about the appearance of your body that it gets in the way of your ability to live normally. Many of us have what we think are flaws in our appearance, but if you have BDD, your reaction to this flaw may become overwhelming. You may find that negative thoughts about your body are hard to control. You may even spend hours of each day worrying about how you look. This may be persistent, it goes on to say, and you may be thinking about suicide because of the despair. So. I want to go ahead and just dig in a little bit deeper before we go right to the scripture, because some of these answers can be trite uh, if, if they're not thought out well. So in general, let's go to the idea of suicidality. And this is from a ncbi.gov uh, abstract, but suicidality and body dysmorphic disorder, because this is a serious issue. When, when, when you don't see the value of your life through the lens of Christ and the way he sees you, the enemy can really get to you. Suicidal ideations, suicide attempts, and complete suicide appear common in individuals with BDD. Available evidence indicates that approximately 80% of individuals with BDD experience lifetime suicidal ideations, and 24 to 28% have attempted suicide. Although the data collected on suicide are limited and preliminary, the suicide rates appear markedly high. That's, that's the main start there. So I, I, I want to go ahead and pause here and go ahead and go around the room and just talk about this specific slice of the issue. 
Theologically, when we start to focus on the physical, what does that do for the enemy? What kind of in does that give him? Well, first you start to question the image that God gave you. And then you start to ponder, well, if I if I have this current body then and I'm not happy with it, and I'm never going to be happy with it, then it leads to you killing yourself or it leads to you changing your gender. But we'll, but we'll save that for the value. The value of what God's given you has been degraded. But Mm -hmm. the problem is, is that the value isn't in your body. That's valuable. And, 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 you know, in the podcast right here, what is, where do we derive our value? Comes from God and solely from God. It doesn't come from any other source except from God's love. And we see that constantly affirmed in scripture. We see in, in pick a verse, really pick a verse. So the value is being made in the image of God. I want to move over to the chair of philosophy there being made in the image of God. That's a whole hour topic right there. But in regards to deconstructing the lie that's being told to those who suffer from dysmorphia, what kind of power does that give you to fight the enemy when he comes at you and tries to break you down, knowing that you are made in the image of God? Well, I think when we talk about made in the image of God, we need to understand that more than just a surface level. Because in Genesis, when that is brought up, at that time in history, um, God was spirit. And, you know, there are some instances that people like to point out, and which I agree with, of some, we call them like pre incarnate uh, instances uh, in the Old Testament. It's very interesting, but not the point. But the point is that God is spirit. So when we're made in the image of God, it's not necessarily talking about our physical flesh and blood. When we're made in the image of God, that's very much a spiritual statement. And that goes to what you were trying, uh, what Josh was hitting at is that our value is not grounded in the exact way that your individual cells are put together to make how you look. It's, it's grounded in the fact that we are beings of free will who were created and have the uh, ability to please our creator. And, and that in the end, we will be... It, 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 nothing about this physical world will matter in the end. And that can be a dangerous statement to make unless you undergird it with the spiritual of... The spiritual will matter eternally. Exactly. And here's the thing. That size zero dress or that size 54 dress or those biceps that are 24 inches around, that doesn't define what you are. Right. That just defines what you present as in the physical world. So that's something that we really need to be, I mean, Christians should be the ones who are, who are trumpeting that. So when, 
we have a culture, Mr. Steve, that actually encourages the value of the human being as precious in God's sight. Things kind of, things kind of change. But what do we see in our world today? What is the world focused on? And how should the church react to that? And again, I, I don't want to stand around cursing the darkness for being dark. I need to do my job shining as a light. So what has happened to our culture? And where do we need to start shining the light? The light needs to be shown where there's darkness because the light will always show you where the darkness is and it exposes the darkness. But the thing is, is that in our culture, we have a problem where our outward appearance is what matters. You look at, all you got to do is turn on the TV. The ads you have for plastic surgery, whether it's facial, breast augmentation, uh, body augmentation, uh, you see how many ads for dieting well, that just, really don't work. Just watch movies and, and you'll see the beauty standards for men. You're yes. expected to be on steroids. Correct. To look like look like these actors who've done it in six months. Right. And they and you know they work out for three four months and you know put on all this muscle mass to get ready for a, a pounds, movie. Thirty pounds. I mean, come on. I mean, who really does that? You I mean you go and and people who spend thousands of dollars a year to go to a gym. You see how many gyms over the years that have come up just for people to go and work out four or five days a week. At one time, I, I had had, <laughs> you know, like a lot of guys, you get a uh, to go to a gym and you see people that show up and they're there practically every single night working out, carrying on, trying to put on all this big body mass and all that just to make themselves so they walk by the mirror and look good. And, and that's, and the, that's issue. the culture. And that's the issue is to make yourself look good. There's to nothing, yourself. There's nothing wrong with working out, but why? Everything, everything. Why? Why do you eat? Why do you work out? Why do you spend that much time watching TV? Why do you spend that much time in the Bible? Why? survival you've got to you've got to make sure that you have if and absolutely eat to survive you work out to make sure that you're everything you can be and you spend time in the word for your spiritual survival for eternity so that's the state <laughs> of the culture what culturally should the church be doing the church should be letting people know that your value is in not what it is that your outward appearance is, but it's what God has given you that your inward part is and what you can show people what you are. That is exactly it. How will the world know what light is unless we shine? Exactly. And it's how much light you shine because 
the light will expose the darkness and get rid of the darkness Amen. because no darkness can be around and be in the presence of God because you have no shadows in the presence of the God, of God because Amen. light is everywhere. Amen. So just to go to the political and economic aspect, and I'm opening this up for, for anyone who has a thought here, but what we're starting to see is that term fat positivity, oh, that bothers me. And you look at other places in the world that have become less free, like Australia, where you can't pray for someone who has same-sex attraction or body dysmorphia. It's only a matter of time before that becomes an issue where you say, hey, you've been to the gym, $10,000 fine. <laughs> and and so, so some people are saying, are, are saying, no, 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 that won't happen. Well, well, where are we now? Where, where does this end? They're already putting you in cultural jail. Exactly. Physical jail is just it's just one more step. Exactly. Josh's. This reminds me of the pastors who say they they don't they like that alcohol is fine, but they don't drink it because they know that it, there's potential dangers lurking there. Do you guys remember Lizzo? Mm -hmm. Lizzo was all about body positivity, but she just recently lost a lot of weight. And do you know what she's doing? She's still emphasizing body positivity. And more specifically, let me make this clear, fat positive or fat positivity. Yeah, fat positivity. That's, that is no different to me because you see the, so why'd you lose the weight? Exactly. It's because you saw the dangers because, with that lifestyle. Because you saw the value. Because you saw the value of being healthy. And, and, and so here's the thing. I want to be very, very clear here. If you have 20 pounds extra, like I do right now, or if you have 80 pounds or 200 pounds like extra, that, that's, well, not the 200, but anyway. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> but, but if you're carrying extra weight, we're not coming at you as a person. In fact, we want to strive at this. Your value is in Christ. Whatever your physical situation, there are health issues and health concerns where it is best to be within a certain, I hate the BMI because the BMI does not work. Once you have muscle in the equation, it, it's, it's all whacked, but you want to be a certain fat percentage. And that that's just for your cholesterol, your, your, diabetes issues, et cetera. Sleep apnea, all kinds of stuff. All, all sorts of things. Your body functions when it's been well-treated. That aside, your value is not in your weight. It is in Christ and your image. And that's the thing right there. Satan wants to take your eyes off of what God has said. Yea, hath God said, did I really form you? Or did you screw it up? Did you screw it up? Are you too thin? Are you too fat? Are you too small? With the S-M-O-L. Are you too small? Um, as, the, as the kids would say. Boy. Satan wants to come and plant those lies. And then you're focused on that. You're not focused on the spiritual, which is where your value lies. So I, I know Josh is digging out a verse but uh, I was going to go ahead and move on to the next story about muscle building. Again, 
if you're working hard and you're hitting that gym and you're looking fine, I'm not coming at you. But if you're spending four, six hours, as some of my friends are, a day in the gym, may I suggest that that is a potentially out-of-balanced lifestyle? Why are you doing that? Is that so that you can feel good about yourself? Because there's a, there's a better way to feel better about yourself. It's in the spiritual. Josh, do you have an excerpt from that story for me? This is I, the... Oh, oh do you have muscles. it? Excuse yes. me, Jennifer. Thank Sorry. you. So this is from uh, PubMed.gov. Bigorexia, bodybuilding, and muscle dysmorphia. So muscle dysmorphia is uh, an emerging condition that is primarily affecting male bodybuilders. And this is characterized by compulsions such as spending hours in the gym, squandering excessive amounts of money on ineffectual sports supplements, abnormal eating patterns, or even substance abuse. So this is the you know, uh, kind of what you guys were talking about, what, what Steve was talking about, the man who is always in the gym and then taking it to an even further extreme. There's, I mean, have you looked at what some of these supplements cost? 50 bucks a pop for a month or less of... I used to buy those when I was a teenager. Yeah, the, the, the muscle milk. And, you know, t there are some things that are fine to buy. There's, you know, some people use pre-workout, whatever. And in moderation, that's fine. But these people are living off of protein powder and vitamin supplements. And, and it's as a result of the opposite end of the, you know, we've been talking about women primarily, and that's what most people think of when they think of body dysmorphia. And for some, to some extent, it's because women are more affected of it, you know, population percentage wise. But there is an aspect that affects men. And it's this idea that they all have to be G.I. Joe or, you know, the, we all have to look like Hugh Jackman yeah. or Steve Rogers. Or, Even though all, all the actors take steroids, they starve themselves for weeks. They have eight personal trainers. It's, it's, and as soon as their role in the movie is done, they go back to a healthy body. They don't continue looking like that. Yeah, 7 to 9% body fat by the BMI. You're, you're a few meals from burning heart muscle tissue. Like that's where you are because you burn fat and muscle tissue. Got a nurse in the room. She, she can testify to this. Mm -hmm. If you start to burn muscle in the heart because you missed three meals, guys, that's not healthy. Well, I mean, it's, it's not even just muscle and heart. Th those muscles that you are working so hard to get, it, it, it's, it, that is your next source of, of energy. If you don't have sugar and you don't have fat, it's muscle. And it gets burned. From so, wherever. It, it, forget about your heart. It, it's your biceps. Those biceps th that you think you're be getting bigger, you're going to eat your own biceps. Your body will do that to you. So just to be clear there, and, and, and I really like the way one bodybuilder said, I, when I was 21, I had 20, 21, I was 210 pounds and... Not jacked, but I had good muscular form underneath my shirt. And I spent money on those supplements. I did all of that. What a, what a waste. <laughs> what a waste. Um, well, and speaking of waste, I need to get mine down a little bit. <laughs> but just in general for health's sake. 
But the, the, there was one bodybuilder. He said, the first day that you start working out is the first day of you being forever small. Think about that. He's saying, no matter how hard I work, and he's, he's plugging, he's plugging the lifestyle. Mm-hmm. No matter how hard I work, I will never be big enough. And he's bought into this, it, could I say, religious observance that affects your mealtime, affects your day, affects your spending habits, the idol of your perceived body image is driving you to spend money, stay hungry. You, you, you ever hear what people, what ab models actually say about their, about their food habits? They say, I'm always hungry. I'm always hungry. That's healthy. Yeah. So going over to the theological chair, just want to kind of dive into this for a sec. Is it possible to have a religious observance for something like food or working out? And what does that do to you in regards to your upward relationship with Christ? Well, I think when you look at passages such as 1 Timothy 4, 8, if you want to turn there, it gives us some insight into what's important. It says this. It says, physical training is good. So right there, we know that physical training is good, that it is good to be fit. But what does it say after that? But, but, note that word, but, but, Training for godliness is much better. Promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. So physical training will only promise you benefits in this life. Training in godliness will promise you benefits in this life and in the life to come. So which one do you think is more important? And not to neglect one. And not to neglect one, but there is one that is significantly more important Amen. And that is your training in godliness. So we have to get to the issue of this body dysmorphia, specifically this big orexia. Understand that it's okay to get muscles. But also understand that it is not okay to neglect your training in godliness for the sake of said muscles. And if it takes you investing, if you're investing more time in getting muscles than you are in your training in godliness... Then it's like what John Arthur said. Your balance is all the way off. And that goes really well to the philosophy chair. I was just going to tack on real quick. Or investing perhaps more money in these supplements than you are in your tithing. That's, and offerings, yeah. Yeah. Because it, 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 it's like this. It's like education. It's like sex. It's like any anything in life. Your, your, your money. Your pursuit of something can be good if there's a godly righteous outcome those kinds of things can become idols to you mm-hmm. and so, Very much so i want the philosophy chair to weigh in when when something has taken over our mindset when it consumes our soul when it's the first day of always being small what will that do to your decision-making paradigms in regards to this? The devil 
wants to change and capture you and use you in a in a circle. If it, and if you're enjoying life and not getting anything done, he's happy. Well, as soon as you let yourself make that your primary goal, your primary source for um, meaning in your life, when you when you put all of that on your physical appearance, um, what the devil can do, I think, in there, there's two ways he can make you very successful at it. Um, you know, some model who maybe doesn't have a body dysmorphic disorder but is still very obsessed with how she looks or how he looks or whatever. Um, And then that keeps you in a cycle of wanting to maintain and you're happy with where you're at. So why do I need, you know, something else to come in and give me worth? I take worth in what I have physically, but he can also through body dysmorphia make you unhappy with your body and therefore put you in a cycle of always wanting to attain whatever physical attributes you're going, you're aiming for, or that you perceive in your mind as this will bring me happiness, this will bring me worth, this will bring me X, Y, and Z. But as the bodybuilder put, there's no end to that cycle. You're never going to reach the finish line. But Satan doesn't tell you that. Satan tells, oh, if you just if you just skip another meal. You'll get there. You'll find fulfillment. Mm-hmm. But every, every time you take it one step further, the, the finish line gets pushed 10 steps back. And that's the thing about sin, right? It's always a cheap copy that does not satisfy the very real whole. Mm-hmm. And, and all of that, whether you're, you have fulfillment in your physical appearance or you're in the cycle of constantly searching to attain fulfillment from your physical appearance... Both of them are lies that are taking you away from understanding that your value and your meaning stems from the Lord, who you are in Christ. What, the, the things that on this earth that are valuable are the things that further the kingdom of God. And the fact that you are an image bearer of God. He made you like him. And and the body that you inhabit, the body, the soul has a body and a mind. Okay. Your soul is where you derive your value. That is where you derive your value. So just just think about that for a moment as we go over to the chair of culture. When we have a culture that is any type of culture that has come in and has co-opted the truth and instead put in this lie of you have to continue doing X, Y, Z. In this case, gym time. You have to continue X, Y, Z to find fulfillment. Where does that put Christ in the culture? Does it put him out of the picture? And how does Satan use that? Well, sure, it puts Christ out of the picture because people, what they end up doing is being deceived by Satan. As we know, sitting here, those of us, Satan is the great deceiver. He puts things in your mind and makes you see through eyes 
and the lens of your eye what you want to see in the way you want to see it in your mind's eye. Like the gentleman that's a bodybuilder, the first day you work out is the smallest you'll be. Oh, man, I'm, I'm going to get there. I know it. I'm going to be this way, and I look at this, and I'm going down this road, and I can see the end. I see what I'm going to do, and I'm working to get there. And all it is is it's a road to destruction. Satan's not going to tell you that. He's not going to tell you all of the bad things along the way. He's not going to tell you about the traps. He's not going to tell you about the landmines that you got, or the minefield you got to walk through, or the mines that you're going to step on because you're going to end up with problems. You're going to end up in the hospital. You may end up with organ failure. No telling what types of body problems that you may end up with, even mental problems from this types of things. Now, he's not going to tell you this. But the only thing he's going to tell you is, hey, look, this is the picture that you see. And he puts it in your mind's eye so you can see this perfect image. But that's not the image that you have for Jesus. Jesus has an image for you that you are a bearer of Christ, that your image is in eternity your soul. That's where the image is. You are an image bearer, just like Josh likes to talk about all the time. He talks about us being an image bearer. Mm -hmm. It's not the outward image that we're doing. Christ is our image. So instead, so instead of looking at that value in the eternal, which is what we are, we are eternal beings. We have a starting point, but no end. Instead of looking at that, and, I, and I'm, I'm not dissing the, the workout slash health and fitness industry, but you have a whole industry who is vested interest, and this goes well to the chair of economics. You have an industry who is vested in creating a culture and glorifying an image that is tailored to your mind of what you could be. And if you only get there, if you only get there you can be that and you can become that and so let's go ahead just one more step just, it's just it's just always it's always one more step so let's go the opposite direction in a way uh mr steve yes, you sir. have an article from american addiction centers i believe yes on anorexia yes now here's a few things it's like Individuals who experience anorexia do not follow the same trajectory of development, nor will they experience the same symptoms. Although there are no established stages for illustrative purposes, consider the disorder as being spread out over six different stages. Now, there's a listing of the different stages and what they go through. Now, here's one stage, which is easy to start noticing at this particular stage, which is the fourth stage. And this is where individuals with anorexia may celebrate their body appearance in various ways. 
This is one of the things you can start to look at, such as counting their exposed ribs or checking to see if their collarbone or spine protrudes. These activities may be kept hidden. Individuals may feel good about their thinness, but have a sense that others would be concerned. To protect their eating disorder, they may hide its symptoms from others. This stage can be thought of as the beginning of a downward, dangerous spiral. At, and if, if I may add, just before that, at the third stage, what you'll start to see is the onset in a lot of individuals of osteoporosis yes. due to the low calcium levels, uh, hypo. Uh, calcemia, deterioration of the organs with liver and intestine damage, and eventually heart and kidney damage, dehydration. You're not getting enough vi vitamins and nutrients, so your system is shutting down. And then as those systems are not supported, you have muscle and cartilage deterioration. So, right. And those are some of the things that you can't see because they all start happening internally in, inside your body. And then all of a sudden at the fourth stage, you start seeing these outward things that start to happen because then outwardly on your body, they start affecting you and they start hiding these things. Now, unfortunately, I've got a granddaughter in my family that is going through a stage like this that we're having to deal with. And fortunately, we've managed to find out about this and get her into uh, counseling. And she, we've noticed it, I guess, probably somewhere through the third stage, probably, I think it was, latter part of the third stage when you start to notice outward things start to happen because you can't see those other ones at the, until the fourth stage starts happening. When you start seeing it affect their bodies, they're really losing weight and the problem starts to occur outward. So let me throw a curveball at the chair of theology here. This is going to be kind of weird, but I think you can, you can roll with this. When, you are comparing your body, whether it's to Chris Evans, you know, jacked physique that probably happened through steroids, or you're looking at those Milan models that are size zero, and you are now comparing yourself to someone else. What does the Bible say? about our horizontal relationships to others as opposed to the vertical relationship that we should be carrying. When we talk about comparative ideas, you could expand that past body image. You could expand that to... It goes to sin. It goes, it, it to, goes to sin. It goes to salvation experience. It goes to the church you attend. It goes to the friends that you're around. It affects every aspect of your life. It permeates it all. 
and what is the issue with this? Why is it so bad to compare yourself to Chris Evans or compare your body to these people? Well, first off, it results in things like anorexia. It results in things like bigorexia. But let's get deeper here. Why is it bad to compare yourself to someone else? Because you can be better or you could be worse than that someone else. But here's the thing. You don't really need that someone else. And also, it could just be a way of falsely uplifting yourself. But that's not the standard by which we compare. The standard by which we compare is to always be God and his word. And his word is where we get where we get that set standard. It is the golden standard. It's not Chris Evans' body type. It's it's not the 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 next Victoria's Secret runway model body type. That is not where you get the standard. The standard comes from the Bible. And if you're a follower of Christ, guess what? You are not your own. You are bought with a price. Amen. Amen. And that's where your value comes. And your specific, I don't want this to sound too trite, but your specific place and position in life, where you are in your spiritual walk, in your mental uh, rigor, or in your physical appearance, and if you're trying to change so that you look better. Look, we need to be good stewards of our body. I'm, I'm not saying otherwise. You know, Josh and I are kind of in a halfway, halfway joke battle on uh, who's going to lose the most weight in a certain amount of time, I, I proportionately. Got, I think you got me beat on that one, but, unfortunately. <laughs> you still got a month, bro. But, <laughs> but, but. Is, is this a body dysmorphia thing that we're working on here? No, we're talking like, about I hope jocular. not. Huh? Huh? Yeah. This is going on here. Is this just a, a is just, just bad? Okay. Oh my gosh. But, but, but it's not a bad thing to do that. But when it consumes you, you have set that up as a God. Comparative analysis, comparing yourself to someone else, Jennifer. Share philosophy. I just, okay. I thought you were about to say something. No, I thought you were going to ask me a question. <laughs> I was going to. Okay. <laughs> I was going to. And I forgot. Uh, so, share philosophy. When you start to compare yourself to the world, what does that do to your North Star? Well, I mean, it's kind of an obvious thing, but it's taking you away from our goal of conforming ourselves to the image of Christ. And does it not set a shifting standard Absolutely. that will always be different? Absolutely. Um, and I do also want to tack on a little bit to, uh, well, I guess this can apply to philosophy too. I'm going to read a Bible verse from 2 Corinthians 10. That's I, legal I, here. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, this is just absolutely clear as day. So I'll start... Uh, I'll start in verse verse 10. So this is Paul writing about what people are saying about him, basically. For they say about Paul, his letters are weighty and strong, but his bodily presence is weak and his speech of no account. Let such a person understand that what we say by letter when absent, we do when present. 
Not that we dare to classify or compare ourselves with some of those who are commending themselves, but when they measure themselves by one another and compare themselves with one another, they are without understanding. It's just, it's folly. It will never work out for you to compare yourselves to anyone else. First of all, that person is is in just as dire straits as you are. It may not be as obvious physically, but there's no human on this earth that you should ever want to attain to. No, I'm not saying, you know. Role models are good. Sure. St. Saint Paul is probably a good role model to have. Yes. But he, I think he would be the first to say, no, 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 no. The role model is Jesus. I might be, or he might, I'm not going to say that because people can take it out of context, but Paul might be further along in attaining to the role model of Christ than others. But the role model is still, the, the source is still Christ. Paul is an object of glory for God. Yes. And that's the thing. you got to take role models as objects of glory of what God has done. If that is the context, good. If not, it leads to a culture where people just see themselves through the lens of what the large majority of those with the most influence look like. When you have people who are in size zero dresses, by the way, some of those people literally collapse on the runway dead as a doornail because of hypocalcemia or any of the number. And again, I'm bringing that up because I'm thinking of a couple of instances. One lady, she was just eating salads all day, Diet Cokes. Literally, her body ate itself away. And we tell little girls that this is beautiful. We tell little boys, you need to look like, and again, I'm not saying that anyone has said, you have to look like Steve Rogers. But when you have superheroes who look like gods, like Greek gods, but they got there in six months, boys go to the gym and they say, or they go pump weights and they say, why don't I look like that? Oh, you can get that way through steroids. Girls, why don't I look like that beautiful model? You know, she's being uplifted as this beauty model. Except there's something on the inside there, isn't there? Oh, man, you're not kidding. You know, I remember this was back before steroids became a popular thing. Okay. I was in high school. Over the summertime, we had a couple of guys come back from summer. Summer vacation, high school. Okay, we're talking high school kids playing football. Comes back from summer, you're talking, what, three months? These two guys were beefed up. I mean, big time. They were, it was completely unreal. I was like, and everybody in it's like, wow, man, you guys, man, it's unreal. Their speed, agility, a lot of things increased, especially the looks of their body, mm -hmm. body mass, muscle mass, everything. And, and at that time, us as high school kids did not realize what was going on. Now, of course, 
as we got older, we all knew what had happened during that time. That was the beginning of the culture at that time of the use of steroids for people to increase their abilities to make themselves better at, say, sports. That's where it got in. The culture was to make yourself better, not just look better, but to perform better. Could you say that Satan has planted the lie that you have to look like those who have taken it so far that they're harming themselves, whether it be steroids or starvation? Now, I will tell you this, and the conclusion of this story is these two individuals now have major health problems at this point and stage of their life because of the use of the steroid use that they did in high school. Okay? Now, that was the deception that Satan laid upon them just so that they could get a few years of exceptional ability during high school. Neither one of them ended up going to college over a football scholarship. Okay, they didn't get any of that that they were hoping for. They just performed better at the level and our and our school was at. Level. Yeah. But Satan deceived them to make them think that that was going to happen. Never happened. What happens now? They are in major dire straits with their health. Bad, bad health. The enemy will tell these pernicious lies in the hope to distract us. And again, his goal is not, is not just to make you have a bad life or whatever. It is to distract you because your time, chair of economics here, your time is the most valuable commodity you have after your salvation and relationship with Christ. Your time is immeasurably valuable. Now, speaking of time, we are running up on it, but I do we would be remiss if we did not talk about the other side. We're talking about three. Big muscles, small body, fat positivity. Josh, do you have that story? Yes, this, this story is coming out of yourweightmatters.org. And it's titled, Understanding Body Dysmorphic Disorder and Weight. We all have one thing that we wish that was probably different about us. Maybe we want to lose a pant size, or maybe we'd just like to cut a few pounds. These things are not body dysmorphic disorder. So if these things are not body dysmorphic disorder, or BDD for short, then what is BDD? BDD is very different from having harmless everyday complaints. It is a diagnosis that consumes your time and energy and can be debilitating. BDD is an obsessive disorder that causes you to focus all your thoughts on a particular flaw, real or imagined. It shouldn't be ignored or taken lightly because it can overtake someone's life. So make sure, make sure that when you are dealing with, with the thoughts that come into your head. 
make sure you go to where your value is. Let's talk about the fat positivity in that light because there's been an overreaction by the world to this, I would say. Can we just deal with the self-esteem issue as opposed to glorifying weight? I, I remember there was, a, there was a video that Lizzo came out celebrating her weight gain at one point, not to rag on one person. But, and it was done by twerking in a thong in her bathroom. Uh, a, I can't unsee that. B, <laughs> with, 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 with some compassion in my voice, can I just say that maybe she's suffering from a lie? She's deceived. And instead of saying, is it loving? <clears throat> is it really loving? to tell someone that it's okay to suffer from diabetes, from all, all the things that come with that kind of weight gain. You know, diabetes, one of the, it's, it's one of the top three, I th uh, if I remember correctly, it's top five or top three killers in the United States. Don't quote me on that. It, it, it's up there. It's a, it's a large contributing factor to many other illnesses. And it's a, it's a huge co mm -hmm. comorbidity. Yes. Um, as someone who lives in a family full of diabetics, okay, just so do I. Just, just saying. So, going around the room to wrap up because our time is coming up. When someone goes to the point of green lighting bad behavior or or just just mal malnutrition, and it's on the opposite side. Theologically, what are we doing when we say that certain activities and behaviors are okay? or even glorified. Well, we're putting the focus on ourselves, and I would like to read a verse, 1 Corinthians 10, and I would like to, and, and through this verse, I would, I would like to offer an answer or at least a, an alternative to what these people are currently doing so that they can escape from this. So if you have your Bible, open up to 1 Corinthians 10, verse 31. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. So fixate your gaze from yourself and fixate your gaze upon the glory of God. And then I want to read this second part, and I really think this is another big practical step that you could take to being able to take that focus off yourself and holding yourself to that unattainable standard. And it says this, Don't give offense to Jews or Gentiles or to the church of God. Paul says this, I too try to please everyone in everything I do. I don't just do what is best for me. So he does do what is best for him. But he says, I do what is best for others so that many may be saved. So I offer this alternative to you. Instead of focusing on yourself, fixate your glory to, or fixate your gaze upon the glory of God and, and, and serve others. Don't, don't be so self-serving. I, I, and as someone who has... I have not struggled with BDD, but I've definitely gone to extreme measures to lose weight. It's Unhealthy. He scared a lot of us a little bit when we saw his cheekbones. But <laughs> focus on serving others. Focus on serving God. So I think I want to go to the chair of philosophy, and I want you to comment on Jeremiah 1. You'll find it in the show map, if you can pull that up. And then, Mr. Johnson, yes, I sir. want you to go ahead 
and get the cultural at First Peter three three through four. Let me get that back up. Yes, sir. So Jeremiah one through five, share philosophy. First Peter three three through four. Yes. So Jeremiah. Uh, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, and before you were born, I consecrated you. What should that tell us about our value? Well, this is just highlighting exactly what we have been hitting at. This is the fact that you, you, the entity that is you, you were before your physical body was even in the world, and you had value before you were even in this realm that we know of as the physical universe. And I mean, it, if, if that doesn't tell you, and your worth, then when he knew you before you were formed in the womb, was the exact same as what it is now with this physical body. Your physical body did not add anything to your worth. Amen. Um, and then I guess since these are these are these are our excuse me closing thoughts. Um, I do also want to bring up another verse real quick as a, as one of the female persuasion for the for the ladies out there. Uh, when you want to know what to aim for, it's Proverbs 31. And Proverbs 31 has a really good, really quick thing just to keep in your mind. It's verse 30. Favor is deceitful, and beauty is vain, which if you don't know that word vanity, it means worthless. Or smoke, it goes away. Yes. Shadow, it changes. mm -hmm. Favor is deceitful, and beauty is vain, but a woman that fears the Lord shall be praised. That's our goal. It's not It's not to be super skinny. It's not to be obsessed with accepting ourselves because, you know, it's just this is what makes me feel good. It's Our, our goal is to honor the Lord. Amen. Amen. Moving over to the chair of culture, how should our beauty show out to the world? First Peter 3, 3 through 4. Who's adorning? Let it not be that outward adorning of plating the hair and of wearing of gold or of putting on of apparel, but let it be the hidden man of the heart in that which is not corruptible, even the adornment of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. Of a great price. Of a great price. Just chiming in here, Psalms 139 just going to take a, a verse here out of, I believe it's 14. I will praise thee for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works and that my soul knoweth right well. My substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Thine eyes did see my substance yet being unperfect. And in thy book, all my members were written, which is in continuance or fashioned. When as yet there was none of them, how precious also thy thoughts are unto me, my God. How great the sum of them. If if I should count them, they are more than the number of the sand. When I awake, I am still with thee. God is the lover of our souls. That should be where we get our value. 
Next week, we're going to be talking about the issue of identity disorders furthering with BDD. We will be talking about the issue of transgenderism. Love to have you on for that. Thank you so much for your listenership. We're at 22,000 downloads. Thank you all so much. Thank you. It is an honor and a privilege to have your listenership. Go ahead and put down in the comment section down below what you thought of today's episode. If we missed something, we missed a Bible verse or an argument or a thought, go ahead and tell us which chair you're coming from. And if you didn't like it, we love you no matter what your size, to borrow from Megan Tramer. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Thank you, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 All right, all right, around the room. If you're still here, you're either asleep or you did enjoy it and you're waiting for this question. Around the room, gonna kind of peel it open for a moment. Have you ever, Josh already said, have you ever struggled with your image? Pass if you want to. Well, the reason, well, I, to be fair, I was living pretty dang unhealthy, so. It, I, I did struggle with it, but not necessarily in the sense of struggle. I just knew I needed to lose weight. But then I I, kind of, I might have taken it this a little man, bit too far. This man was on 500 calorie a day diets running and working out. Uh, short answer, yes. So last week we talked, or when we talked about escapism, I had alluded to having issues with that in high school. And part of the reality that I was, I absolutely hated myself in high school, all through high school. Mr. Steve? Not really too much. Um I've always been someone that's kind of worked out all my life, not so much as in the gym, but have stayed healthy, healthy, you are physically healthy, healthy person, uh, done martial arts for 30 years. Uh, you know, he's a various he, other things. He's a Christian, <laughs> Steven Seagal, but uh, sorry. don't insult I'm this sorry. man. <laughs> yeah. Don't uh, come so, on. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I have absolutely had issues with this. Uh, we'll talk about this. Maybe, maybe I'll talk about this a little bit more at the uh, next episode, but being told that a blonde hair, blue eye, I look like a Hitler youth, um, you know, as a small child, don't tell small children stuff like that. It hurts them. But, um, that absolutely dealt with not being muscular enough to be a good husband that's actually something that i struggled with and i have since ditched that because that's garbage that's absolute garbage the issue is are you what god made you to be tell us down below if you've ever struggled with that and tell us how christ led you through that thank you so much beloved we love you bye 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 bye